0: You're listening to the Holy Bible One-Year Challenge with Master Storyteller, Michael Wood. Featuring the easy-to-read version and used by permission from Bible Week International. Enjoy the show! Hello, everyone. Welcome to Day 359. We're continuing in the book of Nehemiah, and he is supervising the reconstruction of the walls of Jerusalem. Of course, there are many opponents to this plan. But he writes down, and there's a long list in Chapter 3, of those people who repaired and rebuilt all the different parts of the wall and, of course, the gates. But trouble stirs up again as Sambalat and Tobiah ridicule the Jews. They plan to attack the people of Judah, but Nehemiah comes up with a strategy of defense and is determined to see the wall get finished. We're also continuing in the book of Revelation. In chapter 17, you'll meet a woman who is not only a prostitute, but is the mother of all prostitutes. Some can take this quite literally, but most people take it as symbolic, especially because the angel explains that she is more of a symbol. Many believe that she does indeed represent Rome, even though they use the word Babylon. Remember that in the New Testament, Babylon is a code word for the Empire of Rome, who at the time were persecuting the Christians. The real, actual Babylon was defeated a long time ago. First by the Persians, then by the Greeks, which were then overtaken by the Romans. But that's not the only interpretation. Some think the prostitute of Babylon is actually referring to Jerusalem. The Catholic Church thinks Babylon and Jerusalem are referring to two spiritual cities or civilizations that were spiritually at war with each other. But later on in time and in history, Christian reformists around the 1500s believe that this whole passage is actually talking about the Catholic Church, while other radical Christian groups, like the Family International View, believe that this is actually referring to the United States of America. And the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints claim that this is basically symbolic of the great and abominable Church that has dominion over the earth. Basically, anyone outside of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints would fall under this category. So whatever the interpretation is, this is your chance to hear it straight from the Bible as we go into chapter 17. But first, let's see what Nehemiah is up to, as he is one of the first to tell everyone, let's build a wall. If you enjoy the show, visit me at patreon.com Forward slash story master. You'll find the link in the description box below. By contributing as little as $1 per month, you will enable me to continue this ministry, and you'll get cool rewards too. Together, we're going to get through the Bible in one year. Let's get started. Nehemiah Chapter 3 Builders of the Wall The high priest Eliashib and the priests who served with him began rebuilding the wall. First, they built the Sheep Gate. They prayed to dedicate this entrance to God. Then they put the gates in place. They worked on the wall as far as the Tower of the Hundred and the Tower of Hadanel. They prayed to dedicate all this work to God. The men from Jericho built the wall next to the priests, and Zakur, son of a man named Imri, built the wall next to the men of Jericho. The sons of a man named Hasena built the fish gate. They set the beams and the gates in place on the wall, then they put the locks and bolts on the gates. Meramoth, son of Uriah, repaired the next section of the wall. Uriah was the son of Hakaz. Meshulam, son of Berechiah, repaired the next section of the wall. Berechiah was a son of Meshezebeth. Zadok, son of Bena, repaired the next section of the wall. The men from Tekoa repaired the next section of the wall, but the leaders from Tekoa refused to work for Nehemiah their governor. Joada and Meshulam repaired the old gate, Joada is the son of Paseah, and Meshulam is the son of Besodeah. They set the beams in place, they set the gates on the hinges, and they put the locks and bolts on the gates. The men from Gibeon and Mizpah repaired the next section of the wall, Melatiah from Gibeon, and Jadon from Maranoth did the work. Gibeon and Maranoth are places that are controlled by the governors of the area west of the Euphrates River. Uziel, son of Harhiah, prepared the next section of the wall. Uziel was a goldsmith. Hananiah was one of the perfume makers. These men built and repaired Jerusalem as far as the broad wall. Raphaiah, son of Hur, prepared the next section of the wall. Raphiah was the governor of half of Jerusalem. Judea, son of Harumaf, repaired the next section of the wall. Judea repaired the wall next to his own house. Hatush, son of Hashabanea, repaired the next section. Melkisha, son of Harim, and Hazhab, son of Pahath Moab, repaired the next section. They also repaired Oven Tower. Shalom, son of Helohesh, repaired the next section of the wall. His daughters helped him. Shalom was the governor of the other half of Jerusalem. The valley gate was repaired by Hanun and the people who live in the town of Zonoah. They repaired the valley gate. They set the gates on their hinges, then they put the locks and bolts on the gates. They also repaired 440 meters of the wall. They worked on the wall all the way to the ash pile gate. Melchizedek, son of Recab repaired the ash pile gate. Melchizedek was the governor of the district of beth a He set the gates on the hinges, and he put the locks and bolts on the gates. Shalun, son of Kolhazah, repaired the fountain gate. Shalun was the governor of the district of Mizpah. He repaired the gate and put a roof over it. He set the gates on the hinges, and he put the locks and bolts on the gates. He also repaired the wall of the Pool of Siloam that is next to the king's garden. He repaired the wall all the way to the steps that go down from the city of David. Nehemiah, son of Asbuk, repaired the next section. This Nehemiah was the governor of half the district of beth He made repairs up to a place that is across from the tombs of David, and he worked as far as the man-made pool in the house of heroes. The men from the tribe of Levi repaired the next section. They worked under Rahum, son of Bani. Hashabiah repaired the next section. Hashabiah was governor of half the district of Keilah. He made repairs for his own district. Their brothers repaired the next section. They worked under Benui, son of Henadad. Benui was the governor of the other half of the district of Keilah. Ezer, son of Jeshua, repaired the next section. Ezer was governor of Mizpah. He repaired the section of wall from the room for weapons to the corner of the wall. Baruch, son of Zabai, repaired the next section. Baruch worked very hard and repaired the section of wall from the corner to the entrance to the house of Eliashib, the high priest. Maramoth, son of Uriah, the son of Hakaz, repaired the next section of wall from the entrance to Eliashib's house to the end of that house. The next section of wall was repaired by the priests who lived in that area. Benjamin and Hashub repaired the wall in front of their own house, and Azariah, son of Maseah, the son of Enaniah, repaired the wall next to his house. Benui, son of Enadad, repaired the section of wall from Azariah's house to the bend in the wall and then to the corner. Palal, son of Uzai, worked across from the bend in the wall near the tower. This is the tower at the king's upper house that is near the courtyard of the king's guard. Padea, son of Harash, worked next to Palak. The temple servants lived on Ophel Hill. They repaired the next section all the way to the east side of the water gate and the tower near it. The men from Tekoa repaired the rest of that section from the big tower all the way to the Ophel wall. The priests repaired the section over the horse gate. Each priest repaired the wall in front of his own house. Zadok, son of Immer, repaired the section in front of his house. Shemiah son of Shechaniah, repaired the next section. Shemiah was the guard of the east gate. Hananiah son of Shelemiah and Hanun son of Zalaph repaired the rest of that section of wall. Hanun was Zalaph's sixth son. Meshulam son of Berechiah repaired the section in front of his house. Malkijah repaired the next section of wall, all the way to the houses of the temple servants and the merchants. That is across from the inspection gate. Melchizedek repaired the section all the way to the room over the corner of the wall. Melchizedek was a goldsmith. The goldsmiths and the merchants repaired the section of wall from that corner to the sheep gate. Nehemiah chapter 4 Sanballat and Tobiah When Sanballat heard that we were building the wall of Jerusalem, He was very angry and upset. He started making fun of the Jews. Sanballat was with his friends and the Samaritan army. He said to them, What are these weak Jews doing? Do you think we will leave them alone? Do you think they will offer sacrifices? Maybe they think they can finish building in a day. Do you think they could dig those burnt stones out of the pile of ashes and make them good as new? Tobiah the Ammonite was with Sanballat. Tobiah said, Look at what they're building. Is that a wall? If even a little fox climbed up on it, the stones would fall down. Nehemiah prayed, Our God, listen to our prayer. These men hate us. They are insulting us. Make the bad things they are wishing for us happen to them. Make them suffer the shame we have had by being taken away as captives. Don't cover up their guilt or forget the sins they have done. Their insults have discouraged the builders. We continued to rebuild the wall. Before long, it was halfway up all the way around the city. We were able to do this much because the people worked with all their heart. But Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the men from Ashdod were very angry They had heard that the people were continuing to work on the walls of Jerusalem. They had heard that the people were repairing the holes in the wall. So all these men got together and made plans to stir up trouble against Jerusalem. They planned to come and fight against the city. But we prayed to our God and we put guards on the walls to watch for the enemy day and night. During this time, the people of Judah began to complain. They said, are becoming tired. There is too much dirt and rubbish in the way. How can we go on building this wall? And our enemies were saying, Before the Jews know it or see us, we will be right there among them. We will kill them. And that will stop the work. And the Jews living among our enemies came and warned us again and again. They said, They are going to attack us from every side. So I put some of the people behind the lowest places along the wall, and I put them by the holes in the wall. I put families together with their swords, spears, and bows. After looking over everything, I stood up and spoke to the leaders, the officials, and the rest of the people. I said, Don't be afraid of our enemies. Remember the Lord, who is great and powerful. You must fight for your brothers your sons and your daughters. You must fight for your wives and your homes. Then our enemies heard that we knew what they were planning. They knew that God had ruined their plans. So we all went back to work on the wall. Everyone went back to their own place and did their part. From that day on, only half of my men worked on the wall. The other half of them were on guard, ready with spears shields, bows, and armor. The army officers stood behind all the people of Judah who were building the wall. Their helpers had their tools in one hand and a weapon in the other hand. Each of the builders wore his sword at his side as he worked. The man whose job was to blow the trumpet to warn the people stayed next to me. Then I spoke to the leaders, the officials, and the rest of the people. I said, this, a very big job and we are spread out along the wall this puts us far away from each other so if you hear the warning trumpet run to where the sound is coming from we will all meet there together and our god will fight for us so we continued to work on the wall of jerusalem with half the men holding spear we worked from the first light of the morning till the stars came out at night at that time I also said this to the people. Every builder and his helper must stay inside Jerusalem at night. Then they can be guards at night and workers during the day. So none of us took off our clothes. Not me, not my brothers, not my men, not the guards. Each of us had our weapons ready at all times, even when we went to get water. Revelation chapter 17, The Woman on the Red Beast One of the seven angels came and spoke to me. This was one of the angels that had the seven bowls. The angel said, Come, and I will show you the punishment that will be given to the famous prostitute. She is the one sitting over many waters. The rulers of the earth sinned sexually with her. The people of the earth became drunk. From the wine of her sexual sin. And the angel carried me away by the spirit to the desert. There I saw a woman sitting on a red beast. The beast had insults using God's name written all over it. It had seven heads and ten horns. The woman was dressed in purple and red. She was shining with the gold, jewels, and pearls that she was wearing. She had a gold cup in her hand. This cup was filled with terribly evil things and the filth of her sexual sin. She had a title written on her forehead. This title had a hidden meaning. This is what was written. The Great Babylon, Mother of Prostitutes and the Evil Things of the Earth. I saw that the woman was drunk. She was drunk with the blood of God's holy people. She was drunk with the blood of those who told about their faith in Jesus. When I saw the woman, I was fully amazed. Then the angel said to me, Why are you amazed? I will tell you the hidden meaning of this woman and the beast she rides, the beast with seven heads and ten horns. The beast you saw was once alive, but now it is not. However, it will come up out of the bottomless pit and go away to be destroyed. The people who live on the earth will be amazed when they see the beast because it was once alive. is no longer living, but will come again. These are the people whose names have never been written in the Book of Life since the beginning of the world. You need wisdom to understand this. The seven heads on the beast are the seven hills where the woman sits. They are also seven rulers. Five of the rulers have already died. One of the rulers lives now, and the last ruler is coming. When he comes, he will stay only a short time. The beast that was once alive but is no longer living is an eighth ruler. This eighth ruler also belongs to the first seven rulers, and he will go away to be destroyed. The ten horns you saw are ten rulers. These ten rulers have not yet received their kingdom, but they will receive power to rule with the beast for one hour. All ten of these rulers have the same purpose, and they will give their power and authority to the beast. They will make war against the lamb, but the lamb will defeat them, because he is Lord of lords and king of kings. And with him will be his chosen and faithful followers, the people he has called to be his. Then the angel said to me, You saw the waters where the prostitute sits. These waters are the many peoples, the different races, nations, and languages in the world. The beast and the ten horns you saw will hate the prostitute. They will take everything she has and leave her naked. They will eat her flesh and destroy her with fire. God put the idea in their minds to do what would complete his purpose. They agreed to give the beast their power to rule until what God has said is completed. The woman you saw is the great city that rules over the kings of the earth. Psalm chapter 147, verses 12 through 20. Jerusalem, praise the Lord. Zion, praise your God. He makes your gates strong and he blesses the people in your city. He brings peace to your country so have plenty of grain for food he gives a command to the earth and it quickly obeys he makes the snow fall until the ground is as white as wool he makes the sleep fill the air like dust he makes hail fall like rocks from the sky no one can stand the cold he sends then he gives another command and warm air begins to blow the ice melts and water begins to flow He gave his commands to Jacob, his laws and rules to Israel. He did not do this for any other nation. He did not teach his laws to other people. Praise the Lord! Thank you, everyone. That was day 359. Join us for day 360. We're continuing in the book of Nehemiah. People are coming to Nehemiah with all kinds of complaints. And some of them are pretty legitimate, like some of their daughters are victims of sexual violence. Upon hearing this, Nehemiah gets really upset. Join us to find out what he does. And if you think that's bad, wait till the enemies of Judah find out the wall is actually completed. They're not going to let Nehemiah get away with this. And we'll continue in the book of Revelation. Another angel comes down from heaven and he announces that Babylon has indeed fallen. Or did he mean the United States? Or the Catholic Church? Or all other churches? Or did he mean Jerusalem? Or did he mean actual Babylon? But whatever it is, it has fallen. But many people are sad about this, because Rome, or whatever it was, was a good thing while it was here. We hope you enjoyed today's verses. Be sure to leave us a positive review and to share this podcast with your friends and family. Please join us for the next episode as we experience the Bible in one year. Did you know we offer online courses in creative writing, literature, and web design? Visit us at storymaster.online to learn more.